Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. If you would like to help Room 9, please visit their support page. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. It's, it's like you have to have the, the, the darkness and the light, right? There's got to be nighttime. There's got to be daytime for a full life cycle, mm. right? Things have to go bad for growth to happen. You know, I, I bought this composter, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I think about like what's going into the compost, an apple that I just ate that was delicious. It's got to go into the compost. It's got to be gross and get, worms are going to eat it, and, right? It's going through that cycle. It's just like in life, in recovery, we go through these really intense, or I have gone through some really intense mm-hmm. transformations, life cycles. And I couldn't have done it if I weren't sober if I weren't in recovery. There's just no way, no way at all. Hey y'all, what's going on? That was Lane Kennedy and that's the wonderful, incredible human being I have a conversation with today and she is doing a lot. She's a busy woman. I mean, she's a certified recovery coach. She's a certified breathwork facilitator. She's a certified yoga teacher. She's certified in mindfulness-based stress reduction. I mean, she's got, she's all over the place. She is an extremely intelligent human being. And I really enjoyed my conversation with her. I will leave all her links her, for her website, for her social handles in the description below. But you can find her on Facebook. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her and get in touch with her at lanekennedy.com. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. The only update is for people who have shirts coming to them, look for an email by the end of the week. If you do not get an email, please reach out to me. This is a whole new process for me. I'm hoping I didn't miss anybody. I hope I got everything organized as I try to do with everything in my life. But if not, please reach out to me and let me know if you do not get an email in your inbox by the end of the week or at least the beginning of next week. All right, guys, thank you for your incredible support. You guys are amazing. I love you, and we'll talk to you later on. All right, peace. What are we talking about? Um, I don't know. I was just, <laughs> that's how I, you know, I was listening to some of your podcast. And it's kind of similar to mine, at least in the vibe. Okay. The person who's listening feels like they're having coffee with you. Yes. Yes. So that's the vibe I always give off. And then you have a million things going on in your life that I was reading over the last few days that we could go on about. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. So I don't know. I mean, you tell me, what do you what do you what's going on in your life? I know you're in recovery. Yep. You're not in recovery, though, right? No, I am. Yeah, I am. Oh, you are in recovery. Yep. Yeah, I have. uh, What is it? Two, two and a half, three years clean of heroin addiction. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's super intense, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that that was a part of my story. Okay. I have you confused with somebody else. I'm so sorry. I know how the podcast scheduling and the networking and having a business and you meet so many people. Okay, this is so much better. (laughs) I'm so... (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm just... I'm having a little bit more relief now (laughs) (laughs) because I thought you were this other person that wasn't in recovery, but they talk about recovery and I was like, how is this going to go down? That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I don't have a problem. I would learn from somebody. But what makes you want to really get into it if you don't have that experience? 
Yeah. So any topic. Yeah, we can talk about anything. I'll, I'll pull up my notes here in one second. And Okay. Do you edit your own podcast or do you have somebody do it for you? Edit? <laughs> There's no editing. I used to edit. I used to be super profesh, like for years. And then maybe like two years ago, I just was like, what? Why? Why? Like, why? There was this like kind of a big turn in the podcast industry as well. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of made it more real and changed the platform that I was working on. And yeah, I just go live to the mic now. Just go right live and upload it immediately? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it too. Yeah. I like to take out my repetitive words. I've learned so much about how I talk and hold a conversation and what I say and those go-to words when I have nothing else to say. And I can even hear now when I'm being completely like not even actively listening to the other human being. Like, Uh, you know how that's so easy to do. Like I've tried doing podcasts, two podcasts in one day and I could tell by the end because I'm somewhat of an introvert. Okay. Like this takes a lot of energy for me. I can do it very, and I do it very well, but, Uh um, it takes a lot of energy. Like I'm burnt by the end of the day. So I need my, I need my alone time. Uh So I can tell if I try to do podcasts, like I've just, it's fascinating. No more. Yeah. No more. I can't do that. Where'd you get your hat? Um, I got this hat from company. They actually have a YouTube channel called the future without an E, but they do a lot of, uh, graphic design work, uh, stuff like that. So I've, I've learned a lot for them for free. So I bought one of their hats like to support them. Future. Okay. I got to write the future with no E. Yeah. Future. Is it the future or just future? It's the future, but no E at the end of future. Got it. Thanks. That's cool. So yeah, I don't know. You, I did read you're a certified recovery coach. Yep. Which I took all those classes. Technically, if I think I would have to pay the state of New York $150 and I would be uh, officially certified. Yeah. But New York State is ridiculous. Okay. I was like, so I have to, I took all the courses mm-hmm. and I'm not official. I almost got a job doing it, coaching. And uh-huh. they're like, where's your certificate? I was like, these are the only certificates I got. They're like, no, you have to get, um, I forget what they call it here. Like a license? Yeah. Yeah. But you have to pay $150 and register. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I was like, that's so ridiculous. New York State. Any way they can make money. Yeah. So, but tell me a little bit about your story. How did you end up in recovery? And I guess we can just take it from there. I do want to talk about breath work and stuff like that, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, How did I start? How did I start my recovery? From what I read, you've been in recovery for a little bit, right? Uh, Yeah. Whatever that means anyway. So I have, I had a real big problem with drinking, but I didn't, it was disguised, you know, because it was so normal right? I mm-hmm. lived in Los Angeles. I hung out with a, the A-list of people, my industry. It was totally normalized to drink and do myriad of drugs and stay up all night. And, you know, the people that I was hanging out with also glamorized it. Mm-hmm. So again, it was just normalized. And, and I thought it was what I was supposed to be doing almost. And then what happened is that I just, it was like I was sick all the time. Literally, I would have to call into my job and say, I can't make it. Or I would have to go hide in my dressing room and say, I just need like, I'll be out in a minute. You know, like I had Mm -hmm. to like keep these kind of excuses because I was constantly sick. And when I wasn't sick, I was just like a different person. And there was this personality twist that kept happening. And I was with uh, my partner at the time, you know, she kind of was having the same situation happening. And then she decided, you know, like she was going to, she got a cold and so she couldn't drink anymore. And I was like, what? <laughs> but this is normal. We're, we, we drink no matter what. 
And she said, you know what? I'm, I have the, the pneumonia now and I can't. <laughs> and, and I was like, but wait. And so I continued to drink and she started recovery. And it just so happened to be that we were at her parents' house uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, it was New Year's and she stopped drinking. And her parents said, why don't you come and celebrate New Year's with us? And they took us to a clubhouse or to a church, right? A church mm-hmm. basement. And uh, I walked into my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. And from then I haven't had a drink. So that was December 31st of 1996. And I haven't found it necessary to pick up a drink because I found recovery, right? I found the gift of recovery. And that looks so different for everyone. But for me, it was through a 12-step program. Uh, And I I just, one of the, the earliest things that happened is that I wasn't sick every day anymore, right? I wasn't throwing up every, every day. I didn't have to cancel my jobs all the time. I was just able to be me (laughs) and the personality weirdness Mm -hmm. just kind of leveled out, which was really, really great. So I I often think about like that time and it was crazyville. I mean, it seems so normal in the moment. Yeah. So normal. Yeah. Right. Drinking, driving, you know, I just have these like clear memories of driving down fountain in Los Angeles, you know, going from one destination to the next dish, just in a blackout, just craziness, you know? Uh, then especially the, that fog when you first stop drinking mm-hmm. and it's like, who is this? What is this? What is going mm-hmm. on to obtain like absorb reality? I should say in sober mind and just a sober experience when you haven't done it for so long is very strange, oh which is why some you find you realize why so many people just want to stay in it, even though it's hell while you're doing it all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. at least it's not foreign. Yeah. I'd never, I had never gone to events, right. Without drinking. I had never gone to dinner parties without drinking. I had never socialized without drinking. And I remember going to this really big gala and it was the fir- like the first time that I was sober going through it. And I, I, I felt like a zombie, you know, I was just like, <laughs> looking around and I was dressed to the nines and everybody. And I literally, I I showed up and then I had to leave because I didn't have the skill set to be in Mm -hmm. that space. Right. I I could barely, (laughs) I was like, hi, hi. You know, that's like all I could say. And then I just, I was like, I got, I got to go. I was so uncomfortable. Oh yeah. That is, that is super weird. It's a different way of living right? There's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like every moment is real and there's no off button ever. No, there isn't. I think, yeah. you know, one of the greatest tools for me was really learning to somehow, I don't want to say like, cause it sounds kind of sadistic, learning just to really love the, the darkness and the pain and the, the shittiness of life. Cause mm-hmm. for some strange reason you can, when you can get there, it's not like this great feeling, but there's beauty in it almost Mm -hmm. in a sense Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think that was probably one of the biggest things for me was just to be like you know what this is happening this is life this happens to everybody Mm -hmm. and what can I do other than just feeling sorry for myself there's got to be another way other than feeling sorry for myself and that Mm -hmm. was the biggest thing for me because I I walked around for many years with this chip on my shoulder like the world owed Mm -hmm. me because of the hand I was dealt and I think once you kind of get that mindset of, all right, life is pain, but there's some beauty in it as well. And when you find that, the joy is even, you know, that much better. Well, it's it's like you have to have the, the darkness and the light, right? There's got to be nighttime. There's got to be daytime. 
for a full life cycle, mm. right? Things have to go bad for growth to happen. You know, I, I bought this composter, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I think about like what's going into the compost, an apple that I just ate that was delicious. It's got to go into the compost. It's got to be gross and get, worms are going to eat it, and, right? It's going through that cycle. It's just like in life, in recovery, we go through these really intense, or I have gone through some really intense mm-hmm transformations, life cycles. And I couldn't have done it if I weren't sober, if I weren't in recovery. There's just no way, no way at all. Yeah. You kind of, I always thought that with creativity too. I'll never be able to do that sober, never be able mm-hmm. to write a new song or, mm-hmm. you know, do anything. And yet you kind of see, you know, on the contrary, I end up writing the most beautiful songs and creating yeah. you know, the most beautiful art and go ahead. Well, you seem excited. Well, I was to just thinking something. about that creative, that creativity, it flows through yeah. us. When we're, when we're sober, when we put down that drink, that destruction, right? We're, we then tap into this higher element. I mean, that's been my experience of like, when I put down that drink, I was able to connect to something bigger, right? And then I was able to create and bring bigger joy to my life. But I didn't know that when I was drinking, right? Like, no, I thought no. the drink was the answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So I, I spent some um, time in jail. Oh, and uh, n- not a super long time. Okay, uh, I think it was maybe three months, something like that, before I went to rehab. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is so funny because I've always used like breath work, meditation. I've always had this thing for theologies and Eastern philosophy, especially. Mm-hmm. I always loved it. Alan Watts is one of my most favorite human beings ever. Yeah, I love his book. He was one of the first people I read in one of his books and fell in love with just Eastern and Western that realm where they really mix the two. Yep. Of Eastern West without. So, but I meditate before I left jail. I was meditating like three hours a day in jail. What? Oh, it was ridiculous. But I've always been a person who uses stuff like meditation and breath work, mm-hmm. yoga when yeah. I only when I need it, need it in quotes, you know, like where I'm in a really badly need it yep. or some, need something. Yep. You know, what is your, how did you get into the, the breath work, the meditation? You know, tell me more about it. What if, how it has changed your life, how it has affected it in a positive way. So the mat has been my friend from the day I got sober. Um, I started doing yoga and it's like, I had this little, little love affair with it, right? I, <laughs> I would be into it, but then I would just kind of float away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think I was like five years uh, clean and sober and nine 11 hit. And I was really restless with like what was happening with the world and similar to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I did some traveling. I started traveling and I traveled um, and lived over in Thailand and um, Singapore and really kind of tapped into, again, this greater source. And it just opened me up to see the world differently. It opened me up to see people differently. And from then, uh, I landed back in the States and did all different types of training. But I, kind of kept it in the background of my life. You know, it was just, it wasn't in the, in, in the front of my life because what I thought was that I need to make money and I need, I need to be successful mm. because society tells me that I have to be a working woman and I have to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm sober, right? So I'm supposed to be building this cool, quote, life. But what started happening is that, yeah, I got all the bells and prizes just like they talk about. You know, I built this amazing life. Um, I got married. I have a a son, a a beautiful husband. Like I have it all. And I just felt empty. Like Mm. I felt like I was dying again. 
like my soul was broken. And so I went back to my practice and seeking a deeper connection with this essence that restored me and took away that craving for drink. And so when I did that, uh, I found all different types of meditations. You know, I've done quantum meditation practices, breath work, deep breath work. I got certified in yoga nidra and mindfulness-based stress reduction. It's like I kept going down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's a big rabbit hole. Yes. It it is a big rabbit hole. I mean, it's endless. Honestly, it's an endless hole. And there's something about as... uh, I don't want to say like, there's something about chasing. There's something about like, there's something for me. I get a little high off of like discovering, off of chasing after something. Mm -hmm. So in my early recovery, it was like, I was chasing the 12 steps. Okay. And then I was chasing this quote, spiritual experience. So I moved over to Southeast Asia and then I was chasing a better life back in the States. And I was chasing, you know, creating a family and building a business and selling and making money. Like I, I, there's this theme in my life of chasing. And so I had to, I've chased this spiritual connection. Like my life is dependent on it, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And what has happened and what's uncovered is that I love, I love sharing about meditation and mindfulness. And it has completely, again, transformed my life. You know, I've, I'm no longer doing those careers that I was doing. (laughs) I don't like, I'm just kind of like, what, that's another life. And now, you know, I'm a a meditation teacher. um, I'm a guide. um, I'm a spiritual practitioner. Like what? (laughs) <laughs> like if you would have told me that like 20 something years ago, I, be, I would have laughed at you. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's funny how that works. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like once you realize the whole, the point is chasing, not obtaining the thing you're chasing. Right. It's like life becomes okay. It's been, it's been amazing for me because it's funny because I've had this knowledge probably since my mid twenties. And I, I just thought I was chasing, basically what I was chasing was knowledge. Like, all right, I'm going to figure mm. this out. I'm going to yeah. figure out how to be a better person. I'm uh-huh. going to figure out what's wrong with me, what I need to work on and what I need to do in order to get better at it. All right. I got my game plan. So, you know, uh-huh. you set off at it yeah. and you're, you've, all right, oh, I got to work on patience. So as I'm working on patience, 500 other things <laughs> pop up that I need to work on. And then <laughs> I just finally realized, wow, I was, I remember thinking, I was like, you're a piece of shit. Like, look at all these things you got to do. So what I needed to change my life was I needed just self-love. That's really what I need to have the confidence yeah. to fail and to be okay with it and yeah. to know that's awesome. You're you're yeah. awesome. It's okay. You'll make mistakes. Take responsibility for them and go on. Yeah. So once I did that, that was the big piece for me is to be able to just, okay, I can. it's okay to make the mistakes. And it's been amazing for me getting to my point is sitting back and watching, not that I'm not working hard and trying to do things, just watching the process, watching it yep. just go and unfold. And it's just, it's an experience to say the least. That's it. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Experience. It yep. <laughs> and yeah. And I don't know why I should, I should be more into yoga and meditation and breath no work. No shoulds. And no shoulds. That's right. I just had a whole conversation on language and not using the word should. <laughs> yeah. That should thing is just right? Like that's what I was chasing, right? I should mm-hmm. be doing this. I should be doing, right? It, it's like a, it's a dangerous trap. It is. 
and you get caught without even knowing as i just right. as i just pr- has have proven <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes like you're down that hole before you know it and then 10 years go by and you're like i shoulda 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 it's yeah no <laughs> it's not fun yeah it is not fun, especially if you don't cut yourself any slack, because that is right. It, it's, I think you hit it on the head, too, when you talked about traveling and experiencing different culture mm-hmm. and how important that is, because we become very ignorant, locked up in our own little ways. Right. <laughs> how long did you live over there for? Um, I was there for about a year, Okay, which was enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, SARS had broken out, oh, right? Okay. So 9-11 hit, SARS had broken out, right? So, you know, what we're going through now there's a similar essence to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's SARS was definitely not as extreme as we were in now, but this, this thing about this isolation that we're in currently and trying to live differently, right. And finding new ways and building communities and how do, mm-hmm. how do we all live together? Cause I remember when I was over there, it was like, people just started banding together in really beautiful ways. And I feel like that's what's happening here as well right now. It's, it's in some ways. <laughs> and then some ways there's this great divide. Ways, yeah. Right. I don't want to get this political. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. Well, trust me. We, I won't allow it to go that way because uh, <laughs> to be quite honest, I don't pay attention enough to even have a intelligent conversation about okay. politics. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. But there is this um, sense over in the East, I feel more of the we. Yes. More. And you, I think this whole br- outbreak has kind of shown that, that, oh, we all just need to stay inside for two weeks and we can figure that out. Okay. It's going to yeah. suck. We're going to lose money, but let's do it for the sake of right. people, each other. Right. And then we, here it's like, ugh, I, I, I. Yeah, it's sad. There is a difference. Yes, there is a big difference. One of the things I just have to go back to just the 12, you know, 12 step program is one of the foundational elements is the we, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we recover together. And so I bring that into my daily life, right? When I, when I coach, when I guide meditation, it's we are practicing together. We are meditating together. We are going to be mindful together because there's something really magical when we do things in uh, community, in, mm-hmm. in right? Instead of the I. I. I know that I can't stay in recovery by myself, right? Like it's never going to happen. <laughs> and I don't want to. No, we're, we're certainly social creatures. Yeah. Do you do do a lot of recovering coach still or not so much? So now, I mean, right now it's, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. Like we're in such a, I mean, people are in crisis. Yeah. This is a really challenging time and I'm grateful that I have the tool set to share with people. Uh, The other thing that's really great is that there's a lot of different communities, you know, that have popped up to help people recover from, you know, drugs and alcohol and, I mean, there's so many things, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's been um, a good amount of adapting and a lot of stuff online for people to connect because it, it, I've had, I've known a lot of people who have struggled and mm-hmm. who have struggled. Luckily, I don't usually have too much issues being alone, um, but I know a lot of people like the gym, with the gyms being closed and a lot of right. people use that stuff and right. I, even yoga. I mean, all that stuff completely shut down and, you know, that's, that's tough to handle. So I think yeah. a lot of people have been struggling. Yeah, it's hard. It is. Do you actually take clients on or what? I don't know what the technical term is for that. Yeah, clients. Um, I do group, you know. You do a lot of group coaching and group, stuff? Group coaching. Uh, my main thing really is the practice, 
you know, getting people to find a practice that they're going to commit to. Mm -hmm. Because I find that if, and whatever that may be, I mean, that could be running, you know, a mile every day. Yeah. Right. It's just committing to one practice and then two practices and then creating a practice. Right. Because when we start changing the mindset and becoming more mindful, our lives start to happen. And I think about when I was, you know, 20 something years ago, when I finally put down that drink, right. It was my mindset that began to change. Right. I, I was so tired of being sick every day. Mm. Like literally my body hurt. So I, I began to change my mind and then boom, I ended up at a meeting in recovery. So I, I feel like now there are so many, like the tools that I share with people are just like creating that practice and creating a more mindful way of living. Again, changing the brain states, mm. because when we start changing the neurological pathways, we start making big changes. And that, like I see it every day. It's amazing. Yeah. So what techniques do you recommend for people or what at least helped you as you were kind of trying to change your mindset and your outlook on life? Because it is so crazy how changing the way you think, mm -hmm. changing the way you talk to yourself, the way you, mm -hmm. you know, just absorb and observe the universe can totally flip it upside down in a good or right. bad way. But right. I'm just curious, yeah, as to like what kind of practices did you do that kind of helped you do that? So I'm a big fan of writing practices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people will complain about writing. <laughs> a lot of people complain about it. It's so interesting to me. We're in a time right now where we have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Or most people have a lot of time, more time, because we're all stuck yeah. at home. Right? Yeah, at least a little more time. A little more time. Uh, but writing and putting the pen to paper, not on a computer, not on a keyboard, but I was going to ask school. that it had to be pen and paper or pencil pen and paper, and paper uh, activating the reticular activation system in your brain, making it fire, allowing your eyes to see the ocular nerves, right? Like making everything connect. And when that writing practice goes for a couple of days, you know, a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. you know, it starts again, wiring the brain differently. So you can start to see the changes. And one of the things that I love is, I mean, you can do it by yourself, hands down, right? Do it. But I, I often work, I have a, a coach that I work with because there's structure, right? When you're working with someone, mm -hmm. you know, there's feedback that you can get. Um, there's insight that you can gather uh, when you share about that writing practice, because the writing practice is only as good as it what's on the paper, right? What makes it good is the investigation of the practice. I love having that writing practice and, and working with someone to uncover it, to find those insights that are going to transform my life. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. So yeah. Do you start with like a specific, I love that we're going down this because this is totally not what I expected and this is great. For instance, do you have a specific subject or is it just write whatever comes to your mind first? What is your routine for that? Yeah, it, it really depends on what the person is coming to me for. Okay. You know, it's, it's very individual based. Uh, one of the first things is writing what makes you uncomfortable. P people don't even want to, like, they don't want to look at that. Oh no, you know, like, no, they but that's the first say the that words. Could, yeah. Yeah. But that is like a great place to start. What makes me uncomfortable? Like that's, just that's start huge. There. Yes. And then the, the flip side of that is what brings me comfort. 
And so then you, then you have these, you know, black and white, there we are again, yep. <laughs> looking at the differences and, and seeing the, the contrast. And then, you know, and this is why it's helpful to work with somebody. It's like, how do you uh, bring those two together in harmony? And what do you have to release hmm. to make that comfort be a bigger part of your life than the discomfort? Or how can you change and hold both of them so there, there's nothing there at all? So it, it's, that's like one, that's an example yeah. of a topic that you could, yeah, you you could know, do on. a writing practice on. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the writing. I should say I have kind of moved probably too much to a computer nowadays to have mm. my entire system intertwined, but I have notebooks upon notebooks of yes. whether notebooks. it's actually just journaling, whether it's just writing down th- my thoughts or whatever. I'm a big fan of, of writing for sure because that definitely, definitely helps. But I even tell people just before you even write it, even just naming it and identifying what is making you for in the, in our case that we were just talking about uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause as you said, people, we do so much to avoid it. Yeah. I think Carly, I th- one of my favorite quotes by Carl Jung is people will do anything, no matter how absurd to avoid facing their own darkness. And Oh my God. Right. I always love that quote because yeah, well blatantly, mm-hmm. blatantly, I always tell people, because this is kind of humorous, in the middle of my heroin addiction, mm-hmm. I was, I would be, I remember watching like, and I remember realizing this in the middle of watching a lecture by Robert Sapolsky on behaviorism on YouTube. Who I love. Yes. One of my favorites. He's awesome. Love him. He is great. <sighs> I remember just watching it and I'm, I'm like, I'm doing heroin and I'm trying to work on myself in one hand. So you have this, that, that is how bad of a dichotomy we can yes. hold in our heads. Oh my God. Like, it's so insane. I would be, you know, I would get high and read books, mm-hmm. philosophy, but it's just, it's uh-huh. Uh-huh. so funny. <sighs> well, now it's funny, but. <laughs> right. And at the time you're just like, ah, I mean, oh, you're so in gosh. it. Yeah. So naming something, identifying, writing it, I think is mm-hmm. probably that second step that is so important. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah that third step of sharing it with somebody and getting their point of view. And I love how all, everything kind of overlaps business, life, everything, just science, yep. everything has some sort of connection with each other. Yep. And I, I have used, um, the heck I just had a brain fart. <sighs> what the heck was I going to just say about you've used, I've used business. the business to overlap. What were we Overla- just talking about? Oh my gosh. That's great. I can't, writing, remember, how things have can't remember the last time uh, I had a brain fart on a, on a podcast. Here we go. You it bring happens. out the best in me, Lane. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's I have okay. no idea what the heck I was going to say. Anyway, yeah, writing's great. Do it. <laughs> great. Uh, another practice uh, that I'll just share is really being mindful of your breath. You know, I talk a mm-hmm. lot about, you know, there, there's so much anxiety right now. Anxiety is through the roof. It's gone beyond depression. It's the number one thing that everyone is suffering in the world with right now. And so the quickest way to break that anxiety cycle is just coming to your breath and taking an inhale, holding it at the top for five, exhaling five, inhaling, exhaling. So if people can just remember, this is the, this is the issue of like remembering, oh, I got to come back to my breath. My breath will break the cycle. Mm. So that's another really good thing to do at any moment, right? Driving in the car, <laughs> at a grocery store, wherever, at home on the t- uh, at the couch. Just there's so much anxiety and stress right now. So coming back to your breath and paying attention to it. 
It is. It's such a centering centering point. It's so funny how quickly you can lose lose sight of it and just drift off. Oh, I, yeah. I remember that. And when I try to meditate, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. And I always love because people get frustrated. And I remember, I don't remember who said it, but it was somewhere along the lines of the act of meditation is the act of remembering when you remember to go back to your breath each time, you know, and how yep. important that's meditation. So it doesn't matter how many times you do that in one sitting or, or whatever. That's it. Yep. And if you that's do it. that, then that's it. Just recognize, oh, yeah, got to go back to my breath. And you start with that. <laughs> that's it. That That is it. Yep. Seems- that could be the meditation. Oh, I'm breathing. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People like think it's all so complex. I have to meditate. I have to get, do all the stuff and it's got to be perfect. It's like, no, what are you crazy? Yeah. You're making it super complex. It's like, nah. Well, we, we feel like we need to work and do something for it. Right. I guess like we need to work hard for it. Right. No, there's no working. Yeah. I always use the analogy in the, in Christian terms, it would be what God's grace is. Yeah. Something. Yes that we feel like we need to earn, but you can't, your actions don't get it. Just you itself there, right. it's yours. But we always gotta mm-hmm. make something of it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out another Alan Watts quote. And what was one of my favorite quotes he says is, somebody who tries to sell you enlightenment is like somebody who stole your pocket watch and sold it back to you. Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like yes. everybody can be doing this. It's like everybody has a connection to the source. The only th- thing is, or the only, I don't want to say this, there's guidance, right? It's just good mm-hmm. to have a guide to remind you. I mean, that's why people go practice with other people in meditation, right? You go and you sit with others. Um, that's why people go to church, right? They have somebody preaching. They have somebody gathering, right? It's so good to be, again, it goes into community. Mm-hmm. Right, (laughs) being in community and connecting with others so you can get into that source but it's so easy to do yeah yeah it is i think i think that's something they really teach in even the recovery coach classes that everybody has their own answers yes you just kind of got to try to help them get there yes you're just you're just guiding them there you can't Mm -hmm. just you can't just answer the question because it doesn't work no they got to, you have to learn how to apply it. And that's kind of, I guess, swinging full circle. What I mentioned to you in the beginning of this is I had all this knowledge and had no idea how to apply it. Right. And then once you, once you get that, it's like, oh, all right. These always, these always amaze me. Share with me about your podcast. I've seen you had like a quick 11 minute episode on there. So I'm assuming that's kind of like a breath work. Do you do guided meditations on there? I've listened to your most recent one with your one guest. So I kind of got that. The guest yeah, part is a lot of yoga yoga what's it's, the pre- correct yoga nidra. nidra yoga okay. nidra it's a very, it's a specialized type of meditation it's like i always fall asleep when i do it yeah i've I tried mean, it a cosmic, few times yeah yeah it's deep rest it's radical rest everybody needs to sleep these days and so yoga nidra is the solution uh, and the podcast is really dedicated to people coming home to themselves Right. We're so busy and active out there. And so what I do in the podcast is I talk to other meditation teachers and then I do little 10 minute little spots because a lot of people don't have attention. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just like they got to move on. So I just give little tips about different practices that they can do during the day or at nighttime or or what's going on in the world. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been doing it for mm, over a year now. I think this podcast. 
Yeah, because yeah. when you, I forgot, you we originally had an email exchange a while ago. Yeah. I, it, was, it was. I'm maybe, trying to think when it was. Know. It had to have been over a year ago. Over a year. It's been over a year. And yeah. then I was going through my emails recently and it was way down there at the bottom. <laughs> saved my second email address for the uh, love of God. That's all right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to reach out to her and see yeah. if she still wants to do one. I don't know how we lost contact, but I well, find that COVID happens with happened. life. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been enjoying your podcast a little bit anyway. I got to listen to more of it. I got to do more yoga for sure. The few times I've done yoga, Nidra. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend's usually elbowing me. You're snoring. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. That is a part of the practice. I mean, people have this misconception of like, oh, yeah. if I fall asleep, I'm not doing it right. But you are doing it right. The sleep is what you need. And I think with yoga nidra, it's really an adaptogenic practice. So it absolutely gives you exactly what you need hmm. right in the moment. Uh, I also, uh, I'm one of the meditation teachers on Insight Timer, which is an app. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Insight Timer has wonderful teachers on there and guides, but I put a lot of practices up there that are free so people can try different types. Uh, but it's, meditation is such a gift, you know. It is. It's, again, and, I don't know why I don't make a habit of, because I know how much it benefits me. Yeah. Going back to, I don't know why we do things. I don't know why. Right. We it's okay. Then, but yeah. You'll do it when you want to. I mean, you, you'll do it not when you want to, but you'll do it when your body and your spirit is mm-hmm. pulled to it. Like there's no timeline on it. It'll just happen. It's just like kind of recovery, right? Like there's no timeline on it. It just, we slip through that door and we get sober. We jump into recovery and then we start walking a new path. I think that's how meditation and mindfulness is as well. It's like we wake up one day and we just like, okay, we're going to step into this new way. Mm. Yeah. It's funny. It's almost like a switch. Yeah. That gets flipped. Yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's it. Just like, that's it. all right, doing it. Yeah. And it, and it can be that easy. I mean, that's it, Sean. It can be that easy. And again, people get so like, eh, I don't want to do it. It's too, nah. but, but really <laughs> it can be like, oh, I'm just going to turn on the water faucet. Boom. Okay. Great. Good, good to go. Yeah. Again, we make, I think we make big deals out of things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. For no reason. Like this, no, this can't be that simple. Like, yeah. It's got to be more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be this easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your like favorite, I don't know, teachers, I guess. I don't know the the good word for it that you authors um, and I'm for, I'm very old school, like the Alan Watts kind of yeah. you know, era, Jay Krishnamurti, I love. I don't I don't know who are some of your kind of uh, influencers. So, Pema Chodron is one of mine that I pull all the time from. I've read what? one of her books. Which yeah. one is it? The other is I'm looking at my, um, I always go back to William James, always go back to William James. Oh, that's a good one. Because it's just packed. Uh, I'm a strong believer of science of mind and the work of Michael Beckwith. So I constantly go to Michael's work. He's got a place. Is it in San Francisco? No, he's in LA. Is he more LA? Okay. Yeah. But you know, everything's online now. So it's really easy for people to kind of connect and see what these prolific people are doing. Another really great teacher is, where is it? Where is it? One of my favorite guides uh, is Tannis Fishman. She's a yoga nidra guide. Yeah. Those are, those are my people that I go to. Those are your main peeps. That I, yeah, that I I constantly go back to. It's good to have uh, a library, I think, right? Just just feed our spirit. Yes. I love actual books, physical books. I very much enjoy them, especially the older ones. And so good. But as I said before, I've read so many books and was it was just amazing how 
you can just know so much, but mm-hmm. apply very little. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very important thing to remember the balance of learning and application. Yeah. I like the sound. I, I liked to sound like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. So how do people get a hold of you? Website, um, podcast, any other information you want them to know? Yeah. Everything is over on my website at lanekennedy.com. If they're interested in starting a practice and discovering a practice, they can Mm -hmm. go to lanekennedy.com forward slash new practice. I'll make sure I link everything too in the description when I post this. I'm on Instagram. You know, I'm out there in the world. I just, I share as much as I can because I find that we all need the support right? I try to make things really easy for people. I'm not the ordinary meditation teacher. <laughs> not. So yeah, I'm just, I'm here to be of service and to share with people on how to really find that inner peace and that stillness that we all crave. Beautiful. And we all do crave it. Yeah. That is for sure. So thanks again very much. Oh well, we were able to connect. Yes, we did. And we'll have to stay in touch. Yes, thank you. I would love to bring I would love to bring my girlfriend on because she is my my main mo I wouldn't be doing any kind of exercise, eating healthy, Uh um, yoga without her. She is my main uh get your ass moving, you know, start meditating more and all of that. Yay! So I would love to do a podcast with the three of us because I'm sure she has tons of questions that she would love to ask you and talk that'd to you be about. so fun so we will have to plan that for sure yeah so i will I stay in it. touch with you i'll let you know when i'm posting this and we will plan that thank you thanks so much you are a rock thanks star so and i'm grateful for your time oh thanks so much for having me i'll talk to you soon all right Lane. bye okay bye for now